got their old possum. Only the Toshi station to pick up some power converters. That's no moon. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabunker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And it's been a while, but we have some new Ahsoka, uh, new Ahsoka trailer that has come out since the last time we got together to talk about Star Wars. Plus, they have released a new episode of the Disney Gallery series about uh, season three of The Mandalorian, which I just finished watching uh, today. So we're going to talk about that and maybe some other stuff, maybe the writer's strike and the actor's strike. Maybe we can get well, to that and stuff the, too. The fact that uh, also Star Wars raked in Emmy Award nominations galore oh, right. um, not too long ago either. That was from the Mandalorian, right? Oh no, Mandalorian, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Andor all represented. Okay, I'm gonna go and look that up. Yeah, quickly just to kind of get that on the screen. Uh, okay, yeah, so lots to talk about, and of course we're only like uh, you know a month away from Ahsoka, right? Is that, yeah. it's gonna be at the end of August, so we're getting August, pretty close to that. Two episodes on August 23rd. There you That's go. Wednesday. So. Oh, it's interesting. So they're going to go with the yeah. Wednesday release on that one. Yeah. I think that's what they did with with Andor. I feel like that was a Wednesday morning tradition. Yes, that's a, that. Well, they originally had Mandalorian on Fridays, but then they changed it up. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so that'll take us into it'll well, end of August, so September, October. Yeah, it'll take us into uh, towards Christmas season there, and that'll be it for for that. So yeah, we did. They did just release this trailer. Now this, they released it a few. Was it last week? Or the week before the first trailer. Yeah. Uh, but we have this new version that I just watched, the Dark Jedi version. And what's the difference? Do you think between these two? Well, there's one major difference, and I, that's why I'm surprised. Like the, I, I noticed this yesterday. Uh, suggested on YouTube. I didn't actually see anybody talking about it. Maybe that's because Twitter's dead these days, <laughs> but it is. But uh, the the mic drop moment in the Dark Jedi trailer is we, and I guess this is a spoiler for people who don't watch trailers. So let's warn people who don't watch trailers that All I'm right. about to say. Is that a thing now? Trailer. People do that. Uh, I guess I, so. I, I I never know anymore. Like people okay. have different tolerances. So anyway, that's the warning. But there is a shot of Ghost Anakin Skywalker in that trailer that has never before i mean anybody who knows this property knows rebels or whatever knows that anakin plays a big role so it's not altogether shocking or surprising but maybe it's just surprising that they made the decision to show us that in this trailer um the second thing this is our our this this is a repeat of our first look at thrawn which was in the previous trailer uh and let me think. Was there some other big? Oh, and we hear the voice of Ezra for the first right. time and in we, this did trailer. See, did we see that little hollow projectum of him before? Was that shot yeah. in the early version? It okay, was a so, briefer but it, shot, but I don't think I do. I mm, I don't think it had uh, as much dialogue, or maybe even any. Any? No, I don't think we heard his voice before. Yeah. But uh, certainly that image of him on the thing, uh, maybe because they held on it longer, and then they show it like a kind of a, a illustration of him that looks more like the cartoon of yeah. him. So it's still not clear who is going to be playing him if we ever do see him in live action. I think and it's if that will be actually Jason Schwartzman. I wish it was Jason Schwartzman, but it's been announced it's not Jason Schwartzman. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. I think it's a big deal to uh, people who like actors. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the same people who don't watch trailers? Because we might yeah. be targeting too specifically here. Well, I was okay. about to call myself out and go like, if there's one thing I don't know, it's the name of young actors. 
So anyway, uh, he's one. He is one of them. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. So that, I mean, that got me excited. It does really seem like this is a, a pickup from where Rebels left off. There's a lot of Rebels elements in this. You've got Hera, you've got Chopper, you've got Sabine, you've got, uh, uh, what's his name? We just talked about Ezra, Ezra. and Thrawn. And Thrawn, so, and, and of course, Ahsoka was in Rebels as well, so there was that. So they're tying this very closely together, but they're still trying to tie an heir to the Empire somehow. I don't know, oh, is it yeah. just with that one line, or is there are there going to be elements from the book heir to the Empire in this? I think it's pretty clear that what, what, what is happening here is we're leading the Mandalorian uh, Ahsoka and Ahsoka are leading to Dave Filoni's film, or films, it's unclear, and it will be a variation of the novel. As my guess is the the trilogy of Timothy Zahn novels. In as in as much as well, like a different focus, I would say. So like maybe some of the framework is the same. Maybe Luke Han and Leia, the the CGI version of all of them, the young the youngified uh, versions of all of them. We do get to see them uh, battle along with our heroes from Rebels, and I think that's probably going to be, as I say, like the same general or maybe inspired by outline from those three novels, probably. You think so? So there, so I'm okay. talking about things like the, I'd love to see something like the 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 snakes or whatever that cancel out the Force. Oh, I yeah. That was a really cool element of those novels that we've never seen in Star Wars, or even just learning more about how the Force works and what creates it and that kind of stuff. I know we don't like when they dig too far into that, but there were some really cool ideas in those books. I should read those books again. It's been a long time. Oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah, um, so that's good. But certainly the name drop, yeah, that does, like, they can't say those words in a trailer and not deliver on oh. something. Right, yeah. so there's got to be some aspect of it. Maybe Mara Jade. Maybe we will get actually like a hint. Oh, I bet you that's what they'll do. They'll hint at Mara, or they'll well, introduce Mara Jade, and then she'll get her own spinoff series because she'll be so popular. It'll be some great young actress that we've never heard of before. Well, <laughs> funny you mentioned. Funny you mentioned that because there are people, many people, I will say. Well, I didn't. Well, I didn't see any talk about Anakin whatsoever. So I guess maybe people are keeping that. I guess that spoiler close to them. But I have seen loads of speculation that the blonde woman, uh, the bad, the very bad Jedi or whatever she is, or Seth, whatever she is, is that's her. That's Mara Jade. Oh, man. She, she uh, seems too young. And her hair is the wrong color. Like, you have to have her have red hair. Doesn't she start? Of... Isn't her story that she's evil and then gets good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, she possible. starts off as about she starts off as like a I don't remember I don't remember now I got to reread the books I definitely have to read those books. and she's love interest to Luke right yes that's correct and she and, still looks, and, uh, she looks a little young oh for sure yeah no that yeah. would not work in that case so they're gonna change some some parts yeah. of it but definitely that's what we've seen from Star Wars the last few years is they're taking elements from non-canon and and making them canon and actually John Favreau talked about that in the in the yeah. documentaries, if we could segue into that topic, because they were looking at a lot of things when they were making that um, that third season of The Mandalorian that they brought into it, that things that have been talked about, especially with respect to the Mandalorian culture that they brought in. I think the Mythosaur was the one thing that he talked about, was the, mm. the, something that was expanded upon in, in non-canon, in fandom, all kinds of things, and that was something they brought into canon that they really liked, right? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, you're fresh from watching the Disney documentary and your um, fresh from watching the Ahsoka trailer for the first time. 
So what are your what are your takeaways from both? Well, I, I think that having just seen them. Sorry. <laughs> well, I saw I mean, pictures ago. Yeah, certainly from that documentary, it's very clear that this is, again, we've talked about this high-level filmmaking. This is, like, at the highest level. This is uh, as much as they would be putting into a full-budget movie. Uh, there's no talk about how much this is costing because it's costing an incredible amount of money. Oh, yeah. And and you can just see the, that nobody – there's no concern for that. They're all just so intent on making this the highest quality that they can. It's very cool to see everyone creatively involved. This in one in particular, they talk about to the puppeteers because the puppeteers do a lot of work with Baby Yoda – I love that they talk about how they didn't, they thought Baby Yoda was going to be CGI and they wouldn't have to worry about him. And then he just became, and then they had freaking Werner Herzog of all people telling them to believe in the puppet. And they did. And they were like, the puppet is so much better than oh, yeah. having a CGI Baby Yoda, right? So, so that great. was cool. Yeah. Those kinds of things are cool to find out that, that you know, and that's going to happen when you have like a, a filmmaker like Werner Herzog on set, uh, just acting. He's just in the scene as an actor, but to have him just giving you advice like that, I'm, love, I'm glad they followed it. Uh, so that was cool to see that. And then the, similarly, the droid scene in that one episode where they had all those droids in the bar, yeah. how much puppeteering was going on during that and seeing all those guys who worked on that stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. And the challenge involved, like we were just happy to see a scene, like a scene with tons of droids in a bar and we're all happy, yeah. but forgetting that you have to plan what the shot's going to be. And well, you can't move the droid so much. It looks ridiculous. It looks like, <laughs> like well, every, it has to look every, real. You're right. Every puppeteer is going crazy. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, it didn't thing. even occur to yeah. me that those were puppeteers. I, I, yeah. My brain automatically assumes they're CGI. Whenever I see a shot like that where it's all robots and there's no humans, you assume they're going to go CGI because it's easier. Because it is like, yeah, sure, you can just do that in there and then put, make them do whatever you want. And you could get pretty believable. But I think what the difference is you get a better performance from the actors in that situation. Because the actors are in the zone. The actors are feeling that they're in that moment. And that's what gets you... Um, a better performance for sure. And they talked a lot about that, about the energy on set, especially when Jack Black and Lizzo were there, uh, which seemed like they had yeah. a lot of fun. And it seemed like it was always in it, John Favreau's intent to have Jack Black be in the, um, in the show. Right. He said he wrote the role for him, which I thought was quite, quite uh, hilarious. And, and Jack Black really liked his name of Bombardier. He thought that was funny. I didn't even realize well, that was his name. I like I like when he's getting whatever he's getting dressed or made up or whatever he is and he's and he's doing shtick he's doing Jack Black shtick which it never seems to stop which is kind of what you want from him but the well he knows person, when the camera's on he's right. on I think that's what he is yeah right the poor person who has to help him out with the wardrobe and the and the yeah. makeup and uh, and the hair and all of that stuff and he's there doing shtick I thought that was funny um, I also. Um, in the documentary, it just came back to me. Favreau basically says we're continuing to chart the story of baby Grogu pre-Mandalorian. And yes. I think that has to mean that we are going, we will in fact go to Naboo with, uh, uh, as a flashback with baby Grogu. Will he be protected by Jar Jar Binks? What, what will happen? Will he meet Jar Jar Binks? What, what will happen when uh, Grogu arrives on Naboo, there's all kinds of very, um, very interesting things that that we could see in Grogu's past. I think that would be very well received by fans. I think so. I think we're ready. You know? Yeah, I yeah. think that people would be, especially with the way that Ahmed Best has been brought back in. He was in the last mm -hmm. season. They talked to him in the documentary. That was yeah. nice to see him. Him kind nice. of. 
you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that people realize what he went through as part of uh, that role initially. Uh, in the early days of the internet, when never, nobody understood what the hell was going on with that stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think that would be fine. I think that, and they would do it in a way that they can make a, they can certainly, would it would, it would, hit the nostalgia buttons for a lot of people who grew up with those movies and we would tolerate it as long as it didn't get stupid. As long as it didn't compromise yeah. the story, I would tolerate charge. <laughs> I don't think so. And I think, but I do like in that uh, star Wars aftermath book where they kind of portray him as a Charlie Chaplin esque kind of sad figure where people kind of have uh, alienated him or he's alienated himself, I guess you could say. And he's still, you know, he's a shadow of who he used to be because he realizes what his uh, participation was. He was manipulated by the emperor too yeah. to give him to give him uh, the ultimate authority. So I think I, I think there is a deeper story there that they could tell. Uh, although that might be a little early in the timeline for that. Now that I think about it, but nonetheless, yeah. it's it's a it's an opportunity to to show us a world that we haven't seen in some time. And it makes me wonder if that book is canon, because I think it might be. I think they I think might it be, is. They're, they're trying to like make yeah. all those things like consistent, right? So that's part of that. Huh. that yeah, that book also had uh, Boba Fett's armor being sold or whatever. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it. it teased yeah. uh, Cobb Vanth before yeah. we got Cobb Vanth, right? So yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, huh. yeah. So so there's stuff in that book that have that has um, sort of seeped into the stories and shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, so who knows? So this is marking a kind of shift from an animated, and this has been a lot of what we saw. And a lot of what I saw in The Mandalorian was like drawing on what Dave Filoni had done with the series, yeah. with the with the Clone Wars series with the Mandalorian culture. So that would like influenced all the design of everything and yeah. how people were acting and they all kind of watched those cartoons. Uh, so you can see how much Dave Filoni has his fingers and everything now. He's very much uh, uh, yeah. an integral part of this. And he's changed his hat. He's gotten rid of the hat. Maybe he retired because Indiana Jones retired. Do you think that was the reason? <laughs> he's like, okay, Indy's done now. So I'm done with that hat. I'm going to start wearing normal hats now. I, you know what? I don't remember that in the documentary. I don't remember seeing him wearing a different hat. It's just in, it's emblazoned on my mind he's got now. A, I think. a normal cap, just a regular cap. It's a baseball like a cap? Baseball, baseball cap, yeah, he's wearing. There's no specific logo on it, I don't think. Uh, but he does have a very nice Ahsoka jacket with the Ahsoka yes. logo on the sleeve. It makes me want one of those. <laughs> I know. It, it looks, and I, and I have a feeling like uh, watching that trailer, like there's a few things in that trailer that I kind of wish they would have done. One is, Thrawn looks like a little bit like it's not the I mean he looks good there's no doubt about that but I mean I wanted to see the Thrawn authority standing there looking menacing and he kind of looks if anything he looks like he's about to be attacked or something or it looked he's sort of in a position not in a position of authority in that shot maybe I'm wrong I would have liked to have uh, heard Thrawn speak because we know it's uh, Lars Mikkelsen who did the voice in animation so what the hell Throw us a ball. They're saving that for the next trailer. <laughs> so this is the I'm, third. Tra this is trailer number three. It says on this video. Yeah. So it's like they're gonna do a couple more. He'll do. They'll do a TV oh, version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course they will. And there'll this. be little shots each time. There'll be little shots that that uh, that leak in. But uh, but watching that trailer, I think, and and a few other things, like a few foibles or whatever. But for the most part, I think this has this really this and the Mandalorian together have the opportunity to really bring Star Wars uh, together to the modern era, to cinema, when this all comes together. And I think it's set up so nicely right now. So on one hand, I think I think this is going to be a good show. I think it's going to be solid. 
Um, and, you know, what we want is for a huge, like, this has been the, the summer of the bad, of the blockbuster that doesn't make money. And Mission Impossible may be the worst of all of them. And there's a, there's a part two for Mission Impossible coming out. Uh, they've sunk a billion bucks into this, and the thing barely made a dent in the box office. Barbie uh, is doing well <laughs> because they had a $150 million marketing budget. Oppenheimer did good in terms of expectation, but wouldn't it be nice to have a Star Wars film come out that people were really jazzed to see? I think this is a huge opportunity for that. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I, the thing is, is, is anyone blaming the theaters for this? Like, what, I don't think people are going to the theaters. I think that is essentially what this is. The problem is yeah. people don't like being funneled into this experience. And and you have also the writer strike, the Hollywood strike rather, going on that's also giving yeah. a bad name. Now they're not calling for boycotting, but a lot of people are feeling like they don't want to support Hollywood right now because of what's going on. So there's that yeah. that's playing into it as well. But certainly it seems like the system is broken. Um, that whatever this content delivered, like this this content, you know, clearly people like the content, they want to watch these movies, these TV shows, but it's not the way of, of selling it, the way of distributing it. It's not fair to everybody involved. It's not fair to the writers and the and the actors uh, who are working. So they need to figure out a better way of doing this. From the, the whole thing, and I think it's going to happen, they're going to figure it out. And this is going to, it happens every time they go through a new, like, new piece of media. Like when the, when the home video market happened in the early 80s, that threw Hollywood in a big... They thought everything was over because everything was going right. to be so cheap because it was all go being going directly video. But there was a quite a robust uh, film scene that came out of that. And so a lot of great films came out of that. Uh, and they figured it out eventually. I think it's going to happen again. It's just, I don't know, nobody seems to talk to each other right now about it. It's really in bad shape. Well, I always think that if you're in the business of selling people dreams, the worst thing that can happen is you make it seem not very dreamlike. You make it seem like, oh, it's just like our job. Like we almost had to... We're, well, we'll see, but it doesn't look like you and I are going on strike, but, no. but it was looking like maybe yeah. that's where this was going. And the last thing you want to think about when you go to a movie is all the people on strike. <laughs> like, just like my job, you know, like, I want to dream about some wonderful adventure. I don't want to be thinking yep. about people on strike. But I think in terms of Star Wars, we've got enough content in the pipeline, like with the Acolyte and, oh, what else is out there? There's something else that I'm forgetting here. But, Star Wars, there's the oh yeah, there's a bunch of series that they're working on, yeah, but th yeah. that's all Disney Plus. Again, it's all Disney Plus, not right. not for the theater. There's nothing really slated for the theater, and so that's and I think because they don't know, there's a question mark around theaters right now, where, around whether or not um, it's going to survive or what's going to happen with it. And the part of the problem is that everyone knows, like for these movies that are out right now, Mission Impossible, all these movies, is that they're going to be available. Um, in a couple months, right? You know, although not yeah. maybe not Mission Impossible because Tom Cruise is an asshole and he's gonna hold it for a fucking year before he lets it go to. That's what he did with Top Gun. He he held Top yeah. Gun, and I'm not watching it because of that because he's being such a jerk about it. Like it's like you know what, buddy? I'm not. It's whatever. I'm not gonna get on that rant again. But that's that's the issue is that uh, people yeah. could just wait, wait it out. It's not so urgent that they're that they can't just wait, right? And there's just nothing that's worth it these days. I don't think. Even yeah. Indiana, Indiana Jones got like the old people out, but it didn't get everybody out. There's nothing no. that can get everybody out anymore. There's nothing. I don't think maybe Star Wars, maybe Star Wars could do it. I was happy to see that Indiana Jones ultimately cracked 300 million and, and more around the world. I think last I checked, it was 345 million or something around the world, um, which is not a hey, that's nothing to sneeze at. But it would be, you know, when you're when the movie costs 300 million, 
to make, then that's, you're just making a little bit of a profit on top. And for this to work, like if people stop going to blockbusters like they have in the early part of this year, that could be, that could change the entire economy of how movies get made. It yep. really could. Well, it, that, it's yeah. not always how movies have been made, though, right? Blockbusters right. have only been around since, like, the 70s, since Jaws. So, yeah. And then once they discover that, like, holy shit, this is awesome. No, but I, I really miss the years where we had, like, in the 90s, we had a good mix of blockbusters and there was a great indie movie scene that came up out of that time. I don't, I don't know what, what led to that or, or anything, but there was a good mix of blockbusters and other good quality films. And now there doesn't seem yeah. like to be any market in those lower – those lower budget films for for studios anyway it's always got to be about what the box office delivers but it's not delivering because people aren't going to the movies anymore so that right. money stream is drying up um and people need to they're you know they're going to send it to their streaming services but that's apparently i think there's enough um transparency in that system for us to know uh whether or not that's fair if they're just like putting everything to the shareholders or whatever but something's got to change something's clearly yeah. got to change anyway that's right the, Right. Although, although last weekend, the uh, I'm not going to say the meme, but Barbie and Open Oppenheimer found a way for two films to open and do well, sort of uh, piggybacking on the publicity, one of the uh, one, one or the other. Um, I have it on good authority. I like I don't I read good reviews for Oppenheimer, but I, I can wait to see that one when it comes on screen uh, when it comes on streaming. I have it on good authority that Barbie is a completely terrible film. <laughs> that benefit, which, and I'm not going to go see it, and I'm probably never going to see it, but that benefited from goodwill toward Barbie, the Barbie brand, and uh, also um, a mar marketing that just would not stop. Uh, it's all the the movie has a message in which I think the reviewers would look bad if they didn't s <laughs> somehow say it was good to see Barbie in the theater. I think I think a lot of things came together for Barbie. I saw somebody online, it's a funny thing, I, I wish I could give credit for this, but I don't remember who it was, but showing a picture of people going to see Bar Barbie and they said, Barbie is the white middle-aged woman's Black Panther. And it was, a <laughs> and, it, and, and, it was and it was a photo, it was like 30 white women dressed in pink middle age, like going to the movie. And I think Barbie did benefit from that, from that yes. group, moms and daughters, all of that stuff. And, and good for Barbie, good for Barbie to, uh, for being able to do that. But I think if you don't have that, I don't know, like if Tom Cruise can't get people to come to the theater <laughs> to see an action, Film. I don't know. I don't know. But you they, said it yourself. They ruined that movie. They gave the spoiler yeah, away. They, they told us what was going to happen. So that's and that's not enough. I'm like, well, you just showed us the stunt, so I don't have to go see it in the theater now. You showed right? it just over and over, by yes. the way, not just once. You showed yes, it and they showed time. us like all the yeah. times he had to do it. So that that's uh, he's yeah. overshadowed that. That's part of the problem with that franchise. But I think in general, yeah. they're just it's a low. It's not as many people going to the theaters. Um, the theaters are struggling. They don't know what to do. They're they they're trying to. Uh, they made this experience. I can I can say this honestly because this is at the one that just opened up down the street for me, where they've opened a brand new junction um, to for people, and it's got all the games and all this. It's got this like st the stands. I think it's meant for like people to gather there and watch something. Like there's going to be a tournament or something. Like it's gather. They're trying to make it a gathering place, but everything there costs money. Like everything you do there, it's either you go play their expensive games or buy expensive food and 
like they're just trying to get more money out of you to stay there. They right. want you to stay and talk about. They want you to stay and go for dinner at the little crappy food place after you've seen the movie. Um, that's what they want to keep you there, and that's not that's not the theater experience. You leave the theater, you go somewhere else. That's what you know. They should try to be getting back to the theater experience that we all loved when we were younger. Like just go to the movies, then leave, and that's it. Well, you Too know, much. when I go when I go to a concert and it's a great concert, you leave and you're like, I'm buying a T-shirt. And you go to that T-shirt set and there's a 10,000 people there because they all love the concert too. And they all want to buy a T-shirt too. And it's kind of like, oh, we've got to get our T-shirt or you're running, you're running to get it. The, the movies have never been able to figure that part out. Like you can sell more stuff to people, but it's got the, the product has got to be good. The thing that people are going to see, you could probably sell 10,000 Barbies at the movie theater if you get it in stock and you- Well, you, the- you are seeing that at the theater. I do. You do see a lot of merchandise there, a lot of toys and Funko. Yes, if you go to the one by me, anyway. At the well, it's like around the, the concession. One? Yeah, they, like at the concession, they've oh, got good. like the concession, and they got little things between with all the stuff on it. And it used yeah. to be like other snacks there, but right. now it's like little Funko Pops and little toys related to the movies, stuff related to the movies that they're playing. So good. they are doing that. They are good. doing that. It's funny because that reminds me of a TikTok I saw or, or a video of of uh, in Winnipeg of a theater. I think it was the Met, the Metropolitan downtown Winnipeg, uh, in the '60s with when it was the Love Bug, when the Love Bug came out, and they yeah. had a partnership with a local car dealer, local Volkswagen dealer, and they had a Volkswagen Bug in the lobby, made up to look like Herbie. And it's like the perfect cross promotion for that movie, right? That kind of stuff. They could be doing that kind of stuff to tie yeah. in uh, local promotion and that kind of thing. And that's, that's anyway, it's very much a mess. And we've gone totally on a tangent. We're supposed to be talking about Star Wars and we went on theaters well, but we, again. Well, we are. We are talking about Star Wars in as much as what I don't want to happen is for Filoni's big bam film coming out that we all can't wait to see. And then the thing stiffs. And then the story on the street starts being Star Wars can't draw a crowd anymore. And I think that was the message behind Indiana Jones. I read articles where people were saying, nobody gives a shit about Indy. I was like, what? Like, come on, give me a break. He's one of the greatest screen heroes of all time kind of thing. And I think when your film comes out for whatever reason, there's many reasons why it can be successful or not successful. But I think the message often is this franchise is dead. And you see it with Marvel sometimes when the film's stiff. If there's a few in a row that's stiff, everybody starts saying the franchise is dead. And I do think we're in a weird media time. And I think it is possible for a poor performance in a theater to diminish um, future films and maybe even future streaming but they're so yeah. afraid to go up against each other that's the problem yeah. is that there's like there's only it's, every week there's a new release so every week they're expecting you to go to the theater and it's too expensive i was just talking to i was just doing an episode of my oh. tiktok friends with a friend of mine and he was saying that it's too expensive to go to the theater now it's like 30 bucks just for a, a ticket and some snacks and for me to bring my kids it's a couple hundred bucks so it's just not something you can do every week it's a once a month if that and most people don't even bother because it's so bad yeah, and, and they can wait. Yeah, they and they can the, wait, right. The idea, like Barbie is an event for a certain yeah. crowd, right? It's an event. Uh, and I also noticed that Barbie had the box, the pe- people taking their photos inside the yeah, Barbie yeah, yeah. box yeah. at the theater. I was like, good, okay. Like they, they, yes, they covered some bases with that and that's, and that's great. But not every film has got a Barbie marketing campaign to go with it or the built-in no. love of the brand. So it becomes more difficult to do. And with Oppenheimer, I, 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 I feel sorry for Oppenheimer 
because what's worse for a historical figure? Like we're gonna link him forever to Barbie, to a oh. to a to a doll that isn't even a real person, but now forever. He will for, uh, forever linked thanks to a marketing campaign. But it's only because they work together so well as far as like syllabalistic, like Barbenheimer. That's why that's yeah. why people like it. It just sounds good. People love it. My favorite thing I saw was a was an ad somebody made for the Oppenheimer Barbie, which is basically just a Barbie with a hat and made him look like he came with real radioactive material. And, and it was funny. It was a funny little like just like Barbie, but with all the tools right. that you would expect Oppenheimer to have. Uh, is there anything more you want to say about the Ahsoka stuff or the Star Wars stuff? What else are we going to talk about there star wars has a monster share of emmys i have to say which is really good to see uh i mentioned that obi-wan kenobi is nominated for best limited series uh andor is nominated for best series and there's some other are they competing um, against each other for this stuff no no oh okay a mandalorian has got nine emmy nominations but generally in the smaller categories it's like one the of special TV effects stuff right yeah. Because they put stuff. so much money into it, they're going to win that oh, stuff for sure. Please, they should. But right. what I like about it, so, and that was one of the stories about the Emmy Awards, was like, holy, Star Wars sure got a lot of Emmy nominations. And what I like about that is, to us Star Wars fans, we nitpick everything. We're like, Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't as good as with Andor. Andor is, is how all Star Wars should be. And then there's people who are like, I hate Andor. I, I like only the Mandalorian. And we're all nitpicking and fighting. Everybody going... Mandalorian season three isn't as good as the other two seasons. Then the Emmy Awards come out and it's like, gee, they seem to all be well-loved and well and nominated for big awards and all kinds of awards. And I think it's nice. It was nice. I, when I saw it, I thought it's nice that a general audience <laughs> appreciates the quality of these shows and has nominated them uh, in, in, in various categories and all of the in our little nitpicky fights among fans about what's the best stuff. Who cares? The quality, you cannot argue with the quality. It's top quality filmmaking. And so I'm glad. I'm glad all of those got nominated. I think it speaks to the, not only the quality of the actual product, but the the, the way in which it's made and the, the the team they're building there. And and like this is Hollywood operating at, at a high level. All cylinders firing. John Favreau was really built. You see all those interviews with all the people that came back, Bryce Dallas Howard and all the other directors that came back to direct again. Like it's the same people coming back. They're just all working really well together. And that's just going to we're just going to see that continue, I think, with this uh, this next series. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's. Just, um, I'm looking forward to the Emmy Awards, but just to see if Star Wars wins. But it's in September, and will the writer strike still be on? And if it will be on, those are going to be some. Oh, they won't. They some, won't. Yeah, I those aren't going to be good awards. <laughs> no, they'll be picket lines. It'll be ugly. Um, and and uh, I don't know. And who knows how, how long this uh, actor strike is going to go on? It's basically um, who can last out longer, the the studios or the the uh strikers but like i feel like the studios have to figure something out what they're doing is not working <laughs> uh to borrow half of a half of a saying that uh, i don't know if we still use that or not but anyway what they're doing is not working because the people who create their content are not happy right and you have to have those people happy because that's how they create good content right. if they're not like, i i mean every time i talk to somebody on tiktok about it there's all this talk about this guy from tiktok Do you hear about this guy who was like he's a scab he got basically got offered a deal by fox or something oh. to to go develop right. a sitcom and he took the money and, and everyone's getting mad i'm like that's gonna be like the worst show ever you know it's gonna yeah. be awful there's no way that's gonna turn out 
good and everyone's going to hate it. And the guy's got a bit of a paycheck from it, I guess. He's probably got a, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or something, but that'll be it. It'll be done and he'll have his five, five minutes. And, you know, it's just weird that everyone's getting so worked up about it. I noticed that uh, the New York Times had an article saying that during the writer's strike, the TikTok that that suddenly movie and TikTok stars have more prominence. Movie stars are going on to TikTok and becoming like TikTok stars because that's not considered that's like your personal social media. But yeah. I I for one do not want to see Dave Filoni directing Star Wars TikToks. I want to <laughs> I want to see him producing movies and shows. Yeah, keep doing what you so, do, Dave. You're doing a great job. I love the hat. Right. Keep it but, up. Yeah, we don't we don't need our Star Wars to be. Like TikTok. I'm sure there is a Star Wars TikTok. I'm sure they're doing great work there. I don't necessarily follow it, but there's a lot of fun you can have with Star Wars sounds on TikTok. So maybe that's something I'll I'll get into at some point. Yeah, of course. A lot of people are saying though, they're they're not like people are actually saying, I'm not reviewing any new content. I'm not promoting anything from the studios. I'm in solidarity. I'm sitting here in solidarity. So they're like, no, I'm gonna do something else. And though they're all talking about their personal stuff. I'm like, that's not as interesting. It's not as interesting. Like, let's go thrift shopping. I mean, I do thrift shopping videos and people seem to like that. But anyway. Last week, uh, last week was the strike at our liquor stores or provincial liquor stores last Wednesday. And I happened to be picking up beer at the beer store on Pembina. Beer for the weekend. And the workers were in there and they were talking, having a conversation among themselves. And they said, somebody, a customer asked them, isn't the owner closing this beer store in solidarity solidarity and the guy burst out laughing and he went we're open on christmas okay like he's not gonna the owner does not care about a strike yeah. at some liquor mart down the street if that if they're striking we're gonna sell more beer we're open yeah. so i think that's you know uh it's one person's uh, crossing a picket line is another person's business opportunity and i think yeah it's just interesting yeah. to say play out in this air in this field in, in um in entertainment, I guess you yeah. could say, uh, and it's uh, and it's not the first time it's happened, right? This has happened a couple times in Hollywood history, and I think something good has come out of it. They'll figure out a way to, to do this, and so that hopefully everybody gets paid properly, and then we can get back to creating great shows. But th- we're gonna have another like you know um, drought of good content, I think, for a while. We just got a little bit, like I think you know Oppenheimer. Yeah. I was I was gonna go see Oppenheimer in the theater, but um, it's first of all three hours, which is a lot to ask oh, yeah. these days. Uh, I was I was nodding off during the Little Shop of Horrors. I have to say <laughs> at the fringe yesterday. Uh, but um, three hours is a lot. But you know, I was gonna go see it because I kind of regret not seeing Tenet. I did like Tenet for what it was. It's yeah. con- it's confusing, but I did like watching it. So I wanted to see it for that reason. But now I'll just wait. I'm okay to wait. Yeah, three. I mean, it's three hours, and it's also depressing. It is depressing. It's and not a feel good hit. <laughs> What I did, I'll tell you what I did. This can lead into our recommendations because I, uh, I did a themed week. You probably saw this on TikTok where I watched my top five, my fave five, five fave. I can't remember what I called it. Uh, movies about nuclear war because <laughs> I like movies about nuclear war. I've watched a lot of them, and I think that it's an interesting t- period of time. Uh, it's just what happened, and I'm I'm curious to see their take on it and what the, they're going to spend more time on it. The only other movie about this I think is Fat Man and Little Boy, right? Is that the only other one? Oh, you boy. Well, you've been watching them for your TikTok. Right, right. So Fat Man and Little yeah. Boy was one of them. And that was, I have to say, and I'll recommend that uh, as, as for my recommendation this week. You can get it on, I think, on just, you know, Apple TV where you just rent it. Wait a it. sec. This is Star Wars nerds. 
Oh, do we, do we recommend? Do we do recommendations? On we just spent half an hour talking about about the movie theater. <laughs> we don't have to do recommendations if you don't want to. That's fine. No, let's do recommend it. Let's do recommendations. Uh, well, I was gonna say. Um, just kidding. Star Wars. Yeah, let's recommend. Let's go all rewatch uh, the last <laughs> couple of things they've done. Um, where was I again? It was, you it was were recommending Fat Man and Little Boy. Fat Man and Little Boy, which is yeah, it's not available on any streaming service per se, like as part of Netflix or anything. You have to rent it on whatever. It's available on a couple different places to rent. Uh, it's Paul Newman, and I I first saw this movie. It was interesting. I saw it in my biology class in high school because my mm-hmm. teacher didn't want to teach us, and for some reason he showed us that not biology related. It's like I guess it could call it physics related, if anything, as far as the science goes. But he he was into Paul Newman. He really liked Paul Newman. And, and so uh, he watched. I watched it then. I think I had seen it since. Um, very vague memories of it. But what I did not realize is that Dwight Schultz is in the role of Oppenheimer. That's Barkley from Star Trek, for those of you who like Star Trek. Or uh, Mad, Mad Murdoch from, um, from the A-Team. So this is a, an actor who basically made a career out of being TV, a TV actor. He did a lot of, of, of TV work. Uh, but somewhere in the middle there, 1989, he had this role, starring role in a movie with Paul Newman about the invention of the nuclear bomb. He's really good in it. Wow. So I, I really enjoyed it. And also it's got um, John Cusack is in it, Laura Dern. Yeah. It's got a lot of big names and a lot of, like, really good performances. And it really shows, like, how, uh, how like, determined they were to, to get to that point to, to – invent that bomb because they knew their other side was going to do it too so they had to get there first although Very it cool. was actually the the controversy of course is that they pushed it even after they had already won the war they pretty much guaranteed victory they just had to kind of push into japan and finish it and they're like no right. we're not going to do that we're going to drop the bomb instead and end this now right that's what we, they decided right there's a there's a great documentary oh i can't think of his name this is going to drive me crazy um i should never have brought it up an Errol Morris documentary where um, the uh, the Americans who dropped the atomic bomb said, we knew very well that if we lost the war, we would be prosecuted as war criminals. Oh, for like, doing that, yeah. Yes, yeah, but we won. <laughs> so we won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see it. So we'll, maybe we'll talk about it when we actually had a chance to see it. But again, it just speaks to the whole issue is that it's too long of a movie. It's too much of a commitment. People aren't feeling like it's worth it. Right. So they'll wait for it to come to streaming. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's probably right. And I will. I will yeah. Or I'll rent it. I'll rent it on iTunes maybe if it comes out there. And meanwhile, Ahsoka is going to be available for us August, whatever right. it is, two episodes. And we will watch it and uh, and talk about it. We can go back to being episode by episode like we've been doing. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. I also like the Wednesday, having something to look forward to on a Wednesday. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. So certainly, uh, you know, we continue to like the new Star Wars, but I do miss it in the theater. I do want to see something. Yeah, I'm looking point. forward to it. We're, we're, we're building to something, and I, I hope the writer's strike doesn't impact it too much. As I say, there's enough Star Wars in the pipeline that I think we're okay for now. But it might have the uh, effect of delaying stuff that uh, we might have seen a bit earlier down the road. Yeah, well, I think COVID had that effect, too. So it's yeah. just the same kind of thing, right? Right, exactly. That's where you sure, oh, All right. Should I recommend something? Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. Um, um, I'm going to recommend something that was also nominated for an Emmy Award, which is for uh, nominated for Best Comedy, uh, and it's Jury Duty on Amazon Prime. Did you watch that? No, but you're the second person to recommend it to me. Uh, one of our colleagues yeah. recommended it to me. Uh, yeah, Joanne uh, said it was great. It is great, and you watch it, and like I never thought of James Marsden as being my favorite actor, but when the show's over, he's my favorite actor. Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, 
He's such a, goes, he's the most generic guy in the world. Wow. That's why this project is for you. Okay. And I, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil what it's about. All, but by the end of this, you're like, James Marsden is the best sport in the world. Number one, he's, he's super nice. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with him. And I want to see him in more. Like, it's, it's amazing with this, uh, with this show. And it's quick. It's, a, okay. it's like 30-minute episodes. Bang, 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 bang. And okay. uh, each one... You're building towards something, let's just say. But it's good. Right. You'll like it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a little bit about it. Uh, it seems like a good show. Now, that's good to know that it's not a lot to watch. So I'll probably watch that. Oh, it's quick. In an afternoon you? or something. All right, cool. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenta Larson. Don't let the force or the door hit you in the ass. I'm taking an awful risk, man. This had better work. That's no more.